0: Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. In today's episode, we are going to explore peer mentoring. We will have the great privilege of speaking with someone who is an expert on this topic, Leo Batari. Leo is a keynote speaker, author, workshop facilitator, adjunct professor, and thought leader on the topic of peer advantage. Leo teaches us all that if we wanna grow as an individual, collaborate more effectively, become a better leader, and prepare our organizations to meet the challenges of the future, then we need to enlist a group of peers we respect and who are committed to the same goals, and then we see what happens. Leo worked with Vistage worldwide. During his tenure at Vistage, he directed a thought leadership initiative on the power of peers in business, which resulted in a book he co-authored with Leon Shapiro entitled The Power of Peers, How the Company You Keep Drives Leadership, Growth, and Success. The premise of the book is as simple as it is powerful. Who you surround yourself with matters, and because of this, business leaders can help each other in ways they just won't find anywhere else. It essentially provides a look into how and why formal peer groups are so powerful. Leo's new book, which will be published and released this coming September, is entitled What Anyone Can Do, How Surrounding Yourself with the Right People Will Drive Change, Opportunity, and Personal Growth. With the help of Leo's Year of the Peer podcast guests, you'll discover that success isn't enjoyed only by people possessing superhuman qualities. It's also realized by those who enlist the support of others to help them do the things anyone can do that most of us never will. Leo is also co-hosting a new podcast by the same name with Randy Cantrell, which picks up where his 2017 Year of the Peer podcast left off. I had the fine privilege of appearing on Leo's and Randy's Year of the Peer podcast last summer. It is my pleasure to now welcome Leo Batari to the show. Leo, thank you so much for joining us. It's really a great honor to have you with us today.
1: Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be on the show, and you were so generous to be on my show last year. I certainly wouldn't pass up the opportunity to do it. Great to be here. Thank you.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? As I mentioned in the introduction, you have some pretty amazing stuff going on. You've got a book coming out in September. You are a keynote speaker, an author, a professor, a thought leader on peer advantage and peer mentoring. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you experienced up until now on your professional and personal path and what made you decide that this is your life's work?
1: Sure. So I spent a good 25 plus years in corporate communications. Everything from owning my own firm for uh, about five years to working at you know one of the largest firms in the world at uh, Hill and Knowlton, and really enjoyed it quite a bit. My career kind of brought me you know kind of to two places. One where I felt like I wanted to get my master's degree. So I did that, and I did that kind of a bit later uh, in life, between 2006 and 2008. I went to Seton Hall University and got a Master of Arts in Strategic Communication and Leadership. And I point that out because the it wasn't so much the content as much as the way. It was all taught. It was largely online, but it was also residencies and all. But it wasn't professors lecturing at students. It was very much an environment where the students were seen as a really rich source of intellectual capital. And so our professors were as much facilitators as they were anything else. And I was just really fascinated, kind of growing up in a world where, when I went to school where always referred to collaborative learning as cheating, which is pretty much the way <laughs> <laughs> they would refer to it back and back. The in
0: ultimate the- in collaboration.
1: Yeah. So this idea of people working together, and this is mid to senior level executives in many cases, you know, and they're working and learning and, and it was a very rich learning environment and everyone drove each other to be better. And it was very powerful. Well, Shortly thereafter, and in 2010, I joined Vistage. And after a number of years being in the agency business, I thought, wouldn't it be great to just go with a company and see what role I could play in kind of moving the brand uh, down the field? So Vistage, of course, is a company that assembles and facilitates peer groups for CEOs and business leaders, both here in the U.S. and about 20 other countries around the world. So, as you might imagine, not unlike the learning teams I participated in at Seton Hall, there were these. CEOs who would come together, these small business owners or these key executives would come together in peer groups and they would share and learn from one another and help really drive each other to be better. And I just found that dynamic in both of those arenas so powerful and so compelling that actually at the end of my Vistage career, You know, I had approached, you know, Leon Shapiro and then together we went to the board and said, look, you know, Vistage has been doing this for, at the time, nearly 60 years. And we thought that there was a real opportunity here not to just write a book that was a hardcover brochure for Vistage, but something that really looked at the category of peer groups and how people learn from one another, especially in the business and education space. And that we would look at Vistage, but YPO, EO, TAB, people who start their own groups. And we looked at groups like that from here in the U.S. and all over the world. And it was actually fascinating to see, essentially, the, why, what led to the content of the book called The Power of Peers. And it was basically how and why these peer groups are so powerful and why they're so effective for those who participated. And of course, what's to me fascinating is that, you know, when you consider how effective they are, so few people actually participate in these kinds of peer groups. So it's um you know, it's been really great work for me to, not only in writing that book, but since then, you know, just continuing to learn about this space and continue to be fascinated by the fact that, you know, we oftentimes think that we need to meet the challenges of this world alone, when in fact, we have a lot of people around us who are really willing to help. And, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat. And, you know, so I've I've just enjoyed the work uh, very much. And mostly I enjoy continuing to be a student of the whole category.
0: Well, that's terrific. And it's interesting you mentioned Vistage. And I think we had talked a little bit about it when we spoke last year when you had interviewed me. And I know a number of folks who I would say are in my peer group or half a generation into their career longer than I've been. And they say wonderful things about Vistage. And I would love to hear a little bit more from you. You had mentioned something very interesting just now about how very few people really leverage and capitalize on peer mentoring relationships. And, you know, I have my own theories on why that is. I think one of it is insecurity and also just belief that they can't necessarily contribute effectively. But I think also part of it is the sense of competition and helping our peers may somehow diminish ourselves in the process. Do you care to comment on that?
1: Of course. You know, I I think all of the points you mentioned can be issues for people. A lot of the peer groups I'm talking about, when you look at Vistage or YPO or EO or TAB or any of these organizations, those peer groups are largely set up so you don't have any direct competitors in your group but what you have or let's say if it's a CEO group, you have CEOs from all kinds of other companies. So what tends to be a barrier there is people believe that, okay, if I'm a CEO of a bank, what am I possibly going to learn from someone who's a CEO of a small manufacturing firm or an ad agency or pick any other kind of business? I mean, they just don't see the connection. And the fact is they share so many common challenges. They know what it's like to have to sit in that chair and make decisions for an entire organization. And in fact, they can learn some amazing things from one another. They can look at practices that are commonplace in one industry that are unheard of somewhere else. And yet, they come to the conclusion that, huh, that could really work for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it kind of gets you outside of your company and outside of your industry silo to really get to be learning from others. But I think to your point about effectiveness, people also or thinking that, well, how am I going to learn from someone who's in the same situation I'm in, who doesn't know any more than I do
0: about all this? Right.
1: But I think the, the fact is, and this goes back even to, I mean, mastermind groups have been a long, around a long time. ATN Wenger or as he goes by today ATN Wenger trainer is kind of the father of the research around what's called uh, communities of practice he and jean lave uh, basically uh, back in the early 90s went to africa to study uh, the relationships between the the apprentice and the and the master if you will only to really discover how much the students you know these apprentices work together to help one another be better, and that's what effectively drove up not only the quality of of their work but their ability to learn quickly so and I think another you know great example I had Linda Dolling Hammond on my show last year, probably the in my view is the top education expert uh, in the world who talks about the fact that in the education space, teachers who collaborate with one another. Are far more effective at creating collaborative environments among students in their organization. And I think that in, in their classroom, if you will. So the same holds true really for CEOs that the more that CEOs or small business owners or, or really leaders at any level really understand how to collaborate with one another, the greater skill they're going to be able to bring back to their own organization to help people work together more effectively. And, you know, I think today, when you consider to your point competition and how competitive we are it's never been more important that we work together effectively and understanding that the uh, team uh, you know can do so much more than any of us as individuals possibly can
0: so that's actually a really great segue into my next question which is why in the well in the context of all of the research you've done and your experience with Vistage and speaking with so many people to put together your latest book, What Anyone Can Do, why is it that who you surround yourself with matters?
1: I think our parents always told us that, right? Didn't they care about like, who you hung <laughs> yeah, around exactly. with as to kid? Yeah, exactly. Usually
0: they were trying to keep <laughs> us out of jail, right?
1: <laughs> no question. Yeah. Well, the same you know, and it but it goes both ways. You know, there's the, the kids that'll get you in trouble. And you know, oftentimes when I'm speaking in front of groups, I'll ask, hey, how many of you were positively influenced by uh, you know, peer when you growing up? And you know, a lot of the hands will go up. And then I'll ask how many of you were led astray at some point? And I'm always like, I want every hand to go up. Like we've all been there, you know, right. we've all been uh, led astray by uh a friend, come on, let's try this. <laughs> so uh, the people who surround us matter a lot. There's a fun cartoon that I show groups every once in a while with two little kids playing. And one of them says to the other, what do you want to be when you give up? And, um, you know, so I mean, when, when you think about it, it's, it's these kind of people that they define our aspirations, they define, you know, in many respects, how we see ourselves and what our abilities are, we hang around with people who believe that hey, this is our station in life, and this is where we are. Or do we hang around people who believe that we're here to change the world, and that each one of us has the capacity to do that? I think it makes a world of difference in terms of just that attitude. Um, and it, as you know, when we had conversations, we talked about you know the peer groups, the fellow students that we had around us, the right. all of the coworkers, people who make us better. You know, where our currency among those people we hang around with is really about doing what we say we're going to do and trying to do it at a high level. And the more that we all you know, expect that of one another, we certainly expect it of ourselves. We accept personal responsibility for that. And I just don't think there's any question that, you know, I think about the Tour de France has what, like one or two stages left now. Mm-hmm. And when you ever, you watch the race, sometimes, you know, see the leaders go out ahead and they're, x minutes ahead and then eventually the peloton always kind of just engulfs them in a way because that group of riders is so powerful together what they're able to do and how they share the work and i mean you could go from any one metaphor to another in terms of how powerful it is when we surround ourselves with really really great people the difference it can make in our lives and in our performance
0: Well, I completely agree with everything you just said in terms of why it's important to be mindful of who's around you. I think it becomes an attitudinal thing and it also becomes, um, you know, for me and I've experienced this firsthand that you really need to be mindful of who's around you um, because things evolve over time and groups that are really good for you at a certain stage in your career or personally, sometimes as, as you grow and evolve, sometimes there there isn't as much alignment between you and the group that's around you as there was maybe two years ago. And do you agree that it's one of those things that evolves over time and that you just totally. have to sort of like roll with the punches, so to speak?
1: No question. You always have to take stock. I mean, we're always changing and evolving, and we have new goals and new aspirations and things, and we want to surround ourselves with people who can help us get there. You know, I think it's also one thing to surround yourself with really good people, and it's another thing to know how to ask for their support, you know, how to leverage those people who are willing um, to do a lot you know but we don't we don't always ask we don't always enlist their support in a way that could be most helpful for us so i think that's a you know an essential ingredient as well surround yourself with really good people but then also understand those people and understand the role they can play in your life and also be thinking about how you can give to them and whether it's reciprocating you know in terms of the people who are helping you or realizing there are there are people that helped you along the way how do i pay it forward
0: so how do you know when a you know when a peer group, whether it's a formal one or an informal one, for example, you're looking in the context of the people you work with, for example, how do you know when you have a good fit with the people that are around you? I think some of it is pretty self-evident, but I think sometimes there can be a lot of nuance to it as well. And how do you know when you've got folks around you that are really going to help you be the best you can be and How do you know when you're not?
1: Sure. Uh, first of all, I think having a shared goal, uh, being there uh, for the for a shared purpose, I think is really important. I think the other thing too is the fact that when you're there to know, there's a lot that I talk about actually in both books, in the in the Power of Peers and and What Anyone Can Do, about the, the importance of a safe haven to be able to have real conversations with people where we can put ourselves out there and say, Hey, here's here's what I'm looking to do, or here's the struggles I'm having, or you know all of that, and to be able to have an honest exchange with people who, you know, will share some of their experiences, you share yours, and you can help one another as a result. And I think when you've got really good, healthy dialogue like that, you know, that that makes all the difference in the world. And, and you know, you, you start to feel that from people, you start feeling, you know, safe in uh, an environment where you know let's face it in most places we go we're always putting our best face forward we're always you know it's all the highlight reel it's all of that you know right, exactly. but if you get a really good peer group then hopefully you you get to shed all of that and you actually have, get to have real conversations about what's really going on in your life or in your career or and all of that and of course many of these peer groups and I'll I'll speak to the some of the formal peer groups that we talked about in uh, the power of peers but you know, they talk as much about personal issues as business issues. You know, if there's some really difficult personal things you know, happening, uh, they affect us at work. Um, and so being able to really bring our whole selves and talk about our whole selves and be around people where we're comfortable doing that and where you see over time that you're helping one another. Uh, right. And I think, too, that uh, participating in that is not a small thing. Um, You know, we talk about the fact that maybe participation in groups like this is lower than you might imagine, given how effective Mm -hmm. they are. But I think it's a real act of both generosity and courage to participate in a peer group and really bring your whole self uh, to a group of people like that. But those who do it just get extraordinary benefit and value.
0: Why do you think it's so tough and why do you think people have to be courageous to be able to really leverage it?
1: I just don't think we're we're taught that, you know, to do anything other than to put our our best, you know, um face forward all the time. That's kind of mm-hmm. how we, you know, what we show the world and how we show up. Uh, we're always looking to impress, we're always looking, we can't imagine that when we see other people, and this is what happens too, we don't seem like they're having any problems, they have any difficulties, you know, so we we kind of uh, operate um, with one another, you know, at a very surface level without getting into real conversations and finding out, huh, you're struggling with that too, you never would have known that. But of course you wouldn't, you know, unless you're, you're kind of willing to, to dive in. Uh, and do that. I just don't, um, you know, we grow up in many respects seeing things from a very individual perspective. Like I said, when I went to school, it was very much an individual thing. It was shielding the paper from your fellow student. It was teachers talking at a class where you would go home and do your homework, and as an individual, you would figure out and you were graded as an individual. When we went to work, we are evaluated, you know, we have our performance reviews and we are compensated in many respects. Because of our individual performance, and yet there's a lot of talk about team and family and all of these kinds of things, but oftentimes, you know, it's just not the way things go. So we we're always in this place where, you know, we we are being evaluated in terms of how we show up and what we don't want to right. do. Is show up in any way that makes us look weak or vulnerable. And but I think once. If we have an environment, if we have that safe haven I talked about where we can do that with one another, it's extremely powerful and it just makes everybody better.
0: I I agree. There's a lot of power and vulnerability because vulnerability is all about being human. And I completely agree with you that we feel this need to always have our have our best face, you know, put our best face forward and to seem superhuman, right? And at the end of the day, um, we're all human. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and the power of being able to be authentic about your vulnerability, uh, I, I think then people can really relate and associate with you. And that's where the true communication begins.
1: If you think about any great speech you've ever heard, any presentation, any book that you enjoy reading, all of that, whenever the author or the speaker reveals a little something about you know him or herself, it, it always connects. It always works. It's always powerful. And... You know, it it, it it is something we want, something we appreciate in others. It's just not always something that we are willing to do ourselves. But my hope, of course, and I think this is true, that the more we see others do it, the more that it becomes okay um, to share um, some of the challenges we may be having.
0: Well, our time together is completely flying by in this first segment. <laughs> and I look forward to continuing our conversation, but I, I do have, I do want to sneak in a couple more questions. Um, sure. So, you know, we've talked about uh, the importance of peer groups and we've talked about the benefits and we would love to hear um, just a couple of anecdotes from you about uh, some great experiences you've had personally with peer groups and also whether you've had any negative experiences
1: yeah i think um so so i do workshops for ceo peer groups i've did about um done about 55 of them in the past um 15 months or so and so when i think about watching uh, whether it's ceos or key executives or whatever people just shed their self-limiting beliefs i think it's it's very very powerful to watch um when people thought that Oh, I, I was going to do this with my business, only to have be surrounded by other people that will tell him or her, "No, no, no! You could actually take it here," <laughs> and right. you know, it's it's very, very um, cool, you know, to see that and watch that happen. There are also kind of uh, epiphanies that we can have as well. One of the ones I talk about in the book was, so I tell a story about when I was in junior high school and I was asked to fill in on the uh, our undefeated, you know. One mile relay team, basically, and I was running the third leg of it, so I practiced it and all of that. But anyway, the race comes, and of course, I run my part. I did my job, did what I was supposed to do. But of course, I go to hand the baton to the uh, to the anchor, and uh, next thing you know, uh, it hits the ground completely. Oh my fault. no, that's oh, like yeah. the worst nightmare. <laughs> and I was told, and I was absolutely told in no uncertain terms whose fault it was, and it was mine. And the lesson there was that um you, you you never let go of the baton until you're sure that the other person has it. And I remember mm-hmm. talking about this among a peer group uh, one day and you know we came to this really great you know epiphany I think about the fact that it may be the greatest communication lesson I've ever received in my life that as leaders and as communicators it isn't enough to say hey well I delivered the message or that you know it's right there in that email in the third paragraph or anything like that it's making sure that as leaders and as communicators, we never not make sure that the recipient really understands what's going on. And only at that point, should we then let go and let them run with it. And so that the responsibility of effective communication as intended is up to the sender, not to the receiver. And there are often times where You know, senders love to blame the receivers because they didn't read this or they didn't get that or whatever. And in fact, I think it's all on the sender who basically let go of the baton prematurely. And I I think about that as a very powerful, you know, rough story, powerful lesson. And I think a a lesson revealed through conversation uh, with peers where I could talk about something that I really wished I could have back, you know, in many respects. And yet, uh, there's something that really I think came from it that was positive.
0: Leo, our time is almost up together for this first segment. And I would love to just leave this as a teaser for our listeners um, to join us for the next episode. If you could tell us a little bit about the two books that you have, um, The Power of Peers, and then your book that's coming out in September, What Anyone Can Do. We'd love to hear a little bit about them and what made you decide to write
1: them. Sure. Well, The Power of Peers is the study really of how and why formal peer groups for business leaders work so well and again we looked at that because we felt that there was a real lack of understanding about that whole category that whole opportunity to learn from one another and that if we could give it language that that would be you know helpful for people to be able to look at it and process it and see if it's right for them since the Uh, writing of the power of peers i had the podcast series which you know and you were one of my guests last year on the the year of the peer um i learned so much from that show and from all of the workshops i did and, and all that the book what anyone can do kind of picks up where the power of peers left leaves off in two important ways one it extends the this idea of who surrounds us beyond just our peers we what anyone can do looks at our parents, our mentors, our mentees, our kids, you know, all of that and looks at that full circle of people who uh, surround us. And then of course, it also takes it out of the strictly formal setting and really kind of puts it into everyday life. How can we do just a much better job of accessing and enlisting people around us who are willing to help us do whatever it is we want to do in life and uh, be both successful and happy. So I thought, um, you know, it was really worth exploring that really worth trying to share the insights from the podcast guests, you know, into this new book and uh, just really excited uh, to work on it.
0: Well, I'm so excited to check it out when it comes out. I actually had the fine privilege of reading through the manuscript that you sent to me um, a couple months ago, and I'm so excited for you and so excited For everyone who will have the chance to read it, and I strongly encourage our listeners to check it out. So, Leo, um, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners before we sign off?
1: No, you know, um, well, maybe just a couple things. Sure. Um, If you want to learn more about the power of peers and what anyone can do, you can go to leo.botari.com. That's l e o b o t t a r y.com. You can have a look and see what the power of peers is about. You can uh, get a little preview of what anyone can do, and uh, if you're inclined to pre-order a copy, Uh, you certainly can do that uh, anytime between now and September 3rd. And then of course, it'll be available on September 3rd and invite everyone uh, to read it. If you're anybody, then um, you can, uh, (laughs) it's for you.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much, Leo, for joining us. And I look forward to continuing our conversation in our next episode. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. I hope that you have enjoyed the first installment of my interview with Leo Batari. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue our conversation. I am your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.